Hello and welcome to Runners in Scoring Position. I am Nate Jones and with me as always is Charlie. How are you doing today, Charlie? Doing good, Nate. How about you? I'm doing really well and we have a really fun show for everyone today. Um, but we're going to start with Around the Horn. So if you want to kick it off, Charlie. Sure. So recently inducted Hall of Famer Mike Mussina will enter the Hall of Fame with no logo on his hat. And if you missed last week's show, we Nate and I debated on what logo Mike Mussina would go into the Hall of Fame with. His notable teams were the New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles. He was both instrumental to both teams. Mussina actually came out with a statement and said that both teams were instrumental to his development, but he will go in with no logo, and he was especially proud of the work he did for both teams. Similarly, the family of late Hall of Famer Roy Halladay decided that he will not go in with any logo as well. Um, most of the kids my age will know Roy Halladay from being a Philly. Some of the older guys will probably know him from being a Blue Jay. And unfortunately, he passed away in November of 2017 with a single after a single engine plane crash. So, Nate, I'm I've, I'm kind of surprised about Roy Halladay. I'm not as surprised about Mike Mussina. What do you think on that? Yeah, I I kind of understand the idea behind Roy Halladay because his family's probably thinking like this would have been his choice, you know, and I don't think they want to put that choice on him and both fan bases. He was loved equally by both. And so maybe they thought this was the best way that fans felt honored um, by Roy Holiday or they, that they could honor Roy Holiday. Um, I do kind of wonder if he was still alive. I, I think he would choose the Blue Jays if he was still mm -hmm. alive. That just makes the most sense to me. But I think it's great that fans will be able to see him without the logo representing both teams technically um what do you feel about players who have played in multiple teams what's the big like discussion about the logo why is it so important because obviously they live in the fans memories it doesn't really matter what logo why do some fans get so contentious about this I'm going to answer the Roy Halladay because I actually have a different opinion on that. I think it would be a little closer than people think with the Phillies and the Blue Jays, just okay. because his son, Braden, who committed to play Penn State baseball next year, actually played on Team Canada uh, last year in the WBC and did some pitching there. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did pick the Blue Jays because he does have a lot of Canadian connections. Um, the contested thing, I think, with logos is because a lot of a lot of players, you rarely see players spend their entire career with one team. You know, Derek Jeter, Joe Maurer, those are some prevalent examples of players who have spent their entire career with one team. I mean, even with Ken Griffey Jr., he spent it with three-plus teams. Yeah. Mariners, you know, the Reds and the White Sox. But those are just some names, and I think it's really contested because, you know, some players might have more fond memories of spending time in different places than the fans would perceive it. Yeah. You know, for example, if a player wins two world series in let's say Oakland, yeah. but they really had their best time and the most developmental time in Los Angeles, they might pick the Los Angeles logo over, yeah. um, you know, the Oakland logo. And the same kind of goes with Jim Tomey. I mean, he played with three different teams. Yeah. He played with, you know, the Indians, the Phillies, and the White Sox, and they were all equally instrumental. I mean, yeah. the White Sox, you know, he had a great career there, 2004 to about 2008, 2009. Yep. And then with the Phillies later on in the, you know, mid-90s and branching out the 90s with the Indians. So I think it just really depends on how the player feels. I think a little bit of it goes with what he's well known for, but I think yep. it's mostly on how the player feels. 
Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's very few one, um, one team players now yep. these days. Oh yeah, so, that's hundred percent. Nate, it. do you want to talk about the two free agents <laughs> that are not signed yet? Yes. One is making some progress. I would not be surprised if he signed within the next week, while the other guy is just kind of slacking. Yeah. So that's Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado. And if you're baseball fans and you know you went in hibernation and he woke up, so you went in hibernation around beginning of December. You woke up right now. You'd expect Manny Machado and Bryce Harper to be on different teams, or at least any team for that matter, but they're not. They're still both unsigned. Uh, this is kind of ridiculous at this point. We're about two weeks from spring training. Uh, most most teams are already having the 40-man rosters. They, they know who's going to be playing for them this season, and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado have no idea where they'll be heading. Uh, Harper is rumored, though, to sign with the Philadelphia Phillies. Charlie, if you want to talk a little bit about your prediction here. Well, my prediction was 10 years, $365 million. However, I received word that Bryce Harper is going to be visiting the Padres sometime this weekend. And it just, I don't know what to, you know, it just just keeps (laughs) becoming more and more confusing. Because I don't know why these guys still aren't signed. And this happened last year. You know, not as many high names. I mean, there was Mike Mustakas, I know, who was not signed, and it was like two weeks two weeks before. I think yeah. J.D. Martinez had a similar pretty, issue yeah, with that. Pretty close. I don't know if this is collusion amongst the owners not signing these guys. Maybe it's to wait them, wait them out and see if they'll eventually come down with their offers. You know, maybe they were too... Um, the offers were too out there, and they didn't want to commit right away, so they're, you know, waiting... Yep. But these are the top two free agents from the past five years. I mean, I remember baseball two, three years ago, they were saying, oh, we're waiting for the free agency class of 2019. That's when Harper's available, Machado. Speaking of which, Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keuchel have yet to be signed too. And these are the top four free agents that went into the day after the World Series free agency. Yeah. Boom. That's when everything started. But these guys are not signed. And I cannot imagine that the MLB... PA is, union is very happy about this. I can't yeah. imagine that Tony Clark, who's the union head, is happy about this right now. Oh, no. And I would not be surprised if a lot of these free agent um, free agent players won't make their own spring training. Same as they did last year. They'll have scouts come and everything, and they'll just, you know, be free agents and showcase their talents there. But yeah. this just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, there has been some collusion rumored, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But yeah. it's uh, it's something that I'm very surprised about. But, you know, some teams that Machado and Harper have been rumored to, um, White Sox, Padres, Phillies, and for some reason the Twins have some connection. The only reason with the Twins is I believe that they have enough cap space to sign them, <laughs> purely monetary. But yep. the Phillies, the same thing. The Phillies do have an up-and-coming organization. They have a lot of young players. Prospects coming up, Alex yeah. Baum from Wichita State. Then you have Sexto Sanchez, great young pitcher, high 90s consistently with a plus breaking ball. But those are just some of the attractive options. I would say out of those four <clears throat> teams I named, Nate, mm-hmm. White Sox, Padres, Phillies, Twins, if I were Bryce Harper, I would go to the Phillies. Yep. Um, Machado, I don't think I would go to the Phillies if I were Machado just because the White Sox don't have as much depth at shortstop and third base as the Phillies would with Mikel Franco. Um, And that would be my choice. And that way Alex Baum, who is a third baseman who just got drafted last year, isn't landlocked by Machado and we have to wait him out. So 
uh, it's just been a really weird free agency. And I feel like this is something that they will have to address because if they are like this, you know, for for years and years, and I mean, this is the second year in a row, then yeah. there will need to be a change because this is unacceptable. Yeah, I agree. What do you think the chances are these players like don't start the season? So this goes all the way until April, May. Do you think there's any chance no. these two players don't start the season? No, I feel like the latest they will go will be probably middle of spring training, which okay. I say will probably be end of February. Yeah. I don't think they would go anywhere past that because I think these guys do want to play and they do want to make money and they will need to sign because the longer they wait, the worse it gets. Yeah. Because eventually it's going to be February 14th <laughs> and you're going to be looking at a $150 million deal for Machado and a sub $200 million deal for Harper, yeah. which is below, way below expectations on what they wanted coming in. Yeah. I mean, I I remember first day of free agency, we thought, oh, Harper's going to go for 300 mil, Machado, yeah. go for 300 mil. I remember reading articles, will Bryce Harper be the first $400 million free agent? And now he's probably lucky if he gets mid twos, yeah. realistically. Now, so we're pretty sure they're going to start the season. Any chance they say, sign one-year deals with maybe a former team? So maybe Machado goes back to the Dodgers, maybe Harper goes back to the Nationals for one year. Or maybe one of the teams that's really interested in them, they signed for one year with hopes of the $10, $400 million deal. I don't think that will happen because I feel like if that, you know, that was the case, it would have already happened by now. Okay, yeah. I feel like Machado would have already made a move, and I feel like he's waiting for something, and he's waiting yeah. for a team to get him something that he hasn't already gotten. Yeah. Because he would have gone back to the Dodgers. I think what happened in the world series last year really soured his performance. And yeah. I think that really thought, Oh, well, you know, we have all these pieces and this is what the second year in the row, the Dodgers haven't been able to come through. Yeah. I mean, yep. there's, there's something wrong there. There's something that they need to address. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Dave Roberts problem. Probably or, is, but you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something there where they have the pieces in play. They can get that far, but they can't, you know, finish. Yep. Ooh, that's something that Machado probably thought, oh, I don't know if I want to waste my time going back there. Maybe I want to have a team that can build around me. Because with the Dodgers, that's not the case. You yeah. already have Clayton Kershaw. You already have Cody Bellinger. You had Puig at the time. So those were all three franchise players that you could build around, and Machado would just be an accessory piece to kind of get you to the World Series. Yeah. With Harper, I feel like it's more attractive to go somewhere else besides the Nationals, because Juan Soto is really becoming that cornerstone player. After his breakout season last year, I think Harper saw the writing on the wall and said, I need to make a move because Soto is becoming the guy I used to be, yeah. and I need to find somewhere else where I'm still the limelight of attention. I'm the face of the franchise. Because Juan yeah. Soto is really becoming the face of that Nationals oh, yeah. franchise. Oh, I agree. And he's only 20. Yeah. And Harper is 26, so not that he's, you know, ancient, but... Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, and he would add a little bit of a presence to a Phillies locker room and maybe kind of boost them and help them compete, which I feel yeah. like they need. So, all right, we're going to head to break, and we have a fun thing coming back after the break, an all-time redraft. Nate and I will explain the rules coming back, and then we'll have a draft live on air. If you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to text them to 719-428-6191. And if you want to follow us on social media, our Twitter handle is at R-I-S-P-U-C-C-S, and we are now on iTunes and Spotify. So we'll be right back after the break. This is Runners in Scoring Position. 
Hello and welcome back to Runners in Scoring Position. I am Nate and Charlie is still here and so we're doing a really cool segment. Um, it's a first for us because obviously we don't redraft baseball history every day. Um, but we're doing an all-time redraft so every player is on the board. We did separate it a bit by eras so you can't select everyone from present day. You can't select everyone from before the 1900s. So to try to make it as fair as possible. So it's about four players per era. So we did uh, pre-1900s, um, and then we did 1900s to 1901 to 1920, then 1921 to 1940, 1941 to 1960, 1961 um, three relievers slash closers, and then we have five bench players, and those can be from any era. So those are not era locked. And along along with that, there's an option for two designated hitters, and those can be used on any American League hitter after 1973, because the first person to hit a DH was Hall of Famer Jim Rice in 1973. So, and then you get the option to pick t two managers. Uh, just some clarifications. Let's say Nate picks Pete Rose. Now, Pete Rose was known for be being a player and a manager. You would have to pick either one or the other. You couldn't do both to fill two slots. Similarly, with some of the olden olden day player, you'd have to pick one or the other. You can't use two slots. So, uh, Nate, do you want to get started with your first pick here? Yeah, so my first pick is Honus Wagner. All right. And then you just, and then and then we'll write it in the rosters. We're okay, done. Awesome. Perfect. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a pitcher here. His name is Old Hoss Radborn, <laughs> and Old Hoss Radborn is known as Charles Radborn. A little bit of stats, some stats about him. He was a 309 and 194 win loss record, 2.68 earn run average, struck out over 1,800 batters. He had an MLB record 59 wins in 1884, two-time NL wins leader, triple crown NL ERA leader, strikeout leader, and was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1939. Very nice. All right. Um, so my second pick of this pre-1900 is, you probably know his name, very famous pitcher, Cy Young. Uh -huh. I'll take good him choice, with my choice. second pick here. Um, a little bit about Cy Young. Obviously, the Pitcher of the Year award is named after him. He had 511 wins, uh, 2.63 ERA, um, wins above replacement, 168. One of the best pitchers of all time was a Red Sox, so I'm glad to have a Red Sox on my team early on here. My second pick, I'm going to go with catcher Buck Ewing. Okay. Buck Ewing hit 303, 71 home runs, 883 runs batted in. Debuted in September 9th, 1880 for the Troy Trojans and was named one of the top five 19th century players in a 1990 poll by Sabre, the Society for American Baseball Research. Very nice. All right. I have to find my next one here. Lost it in all the bustle. 
Um, okay, uh, starting pitcher, uh, Jim Whitney, uh, 56 wins above replacement, 2.93 ERA. There you go. My next pick is going to be right fielder Willie Keeler. And Willie Keeler, uh, 341 average, little under 3,000 hits, 2,932. A two-time NL batting champion, fifth ballot Hall of Famer in the 1939 induction ceremony. And he stole almost 500 bases. Very nice. He's quite the guy. All right, so my last player for the pre-1900 eras is Billy Hamilton. And no, he's not the Billy Hamilton that's recently played for the Reds. Uh, he is old <laughs> Billy Hamilton. It's funny, when you look up Billy Hamilton, you'll get a, a young one, and then you have that's to right. kind of search for uh, the other one. Uh, right fielder, uh, six, 63.4 war, um, 344 average. Uh, I think he's an excellent addition to my roster. I would agree. And let me find my next pick here. All right. We are going to go on the count of pitchers here. Might as well get the good pitchers. And I'm actually going to put him in my reliever slot. Amos Rusi. Amos Rusi, 3.07 earned run average, triple crown in 1894, five-time NL strikeout leader, pitched a no-hitter on July 31st, 1891. And was a Hall of Famer in 1977. Very nice. All right, so we're officially in round five, which means we have left the pre-1900s. We are in the year 1901. We're happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, so, so my first pick of the 1900s, fifth overall pick, is Shoeless Joe Jackson, mm. uh, one of my favorite players growing up. 62.2 uh, war, 356 average. Uh, fantastic player who is now in the Hall of Fame for uh, an incident Incident back when he was with the White Sox. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to go with right-handed pitcher Christy Mathewson. Finish up in our second starting pitcher of the year. Christy Mathewson, known by many to be one of the most elite Hall of Famers of the 1900s. Uh, let me... You know, 373 wins, a 2.13 earned run average, 2,502 strikeouts. And his managerial record was 164 and 176, but was a first ballot Hall of Famer in 1936 with a 90.7 voting percentage. Very nice. And also played fullback in college. Nice. <laughs> uh, so my second pick of the 1900s is Ty Cobb. He's a center fielder. Uh, Never heard of him. <laughs> his war is 151.1. Uh, he had over 11,000 at-bats. Uh, 4,189 of those ended in hits. 117 home runs. He had a 366 batting average. Arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, 1,944 runs batted in. And 897 stolen bases. He's a killer for this team. I'm glad to have him in the starting lineup. That's right. I'm going to make my first second baseman pick with Nap Laholi. Now, Nap Laholi is a Hall of Famer, voted on 83.58% of the ballots in 1937, won the Triple Crown, is a part of not only the Baseball Hall of Fame, but the Cleveland Indians Hall of Fame. Hit 339, 3,252 hits, with a managerial record of 377, 309. And was born in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Hmm. 
Very nice. All right, I'm adding another starting pitcher to my team here. This is Walter Johnson, a 1.59 ERA. And to me, that's the most important stack. Got to keep those earned runs down. Mm -hmm. Happy to have them. That's right. Good pick. Nate, why don't you make another pick? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, second baseman, my first second baseman uh, is Eddie Collins, a 326 batting average. Uh, 1,682 hits, 21 home runs, 682 runs batted in, uh, and he scored 991 runs during his tenure in Major League Baseball. Perfect. I'm going to take kind of an exotic pick here, and we're going to go in the manager slot. Okay. Jimmy Collins. Now, Jimmy Collins, people may think, who is Jimmy Collins? Well, Jimmy Collins was most known for being able to field a bunt. And he is second all-time in putouts behind some guy named Brooks Robinson. <laughs> and he is also a Hall of Famer in 1945, a World Series champ, NL home run leader, and part of the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame. It's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. All right, you can make another pick then. All righty here. I think ready. we have one more pick this round, Nate. Is that correct? Yep, I'm done for this round, but you... I still have another pick yep, because yep, pick. <laughs> someone doesn't do show prep. Okay. <laughs> and my last pick is going to be Three Finger Brown. And I'm going to put right. him in my reliever slot. Nice. Now, people may be thinking, why, Charlie, are you using up your relievers so early? Well, Mordecai Brown was one of the best pitchers of the 1900s. Nice. He was elected in 1949, two-time World Series champion. A uh, 2.06 earned run average, which I think is incredible. And strikeouts a little bit over 1,300. So a three-finger brown, welcome to the show. <laughs> bet he's happy to be here. I bet he's happy to be here. Too. All these players are here, whether they're dead or yep. alive. We're handing them jerseys. It's, it's a beautiful ceremony. Yep. It's not great for radio, though. It's not All right. <laughs> so we are fishing in the 1920s, the year of the Great Depression. So we're not that happy to be here. But mm -hmm. uh, these players sure did... Dazzle back in the day. And with my first pick in the 1920s, I will take first baseman Lou Gehrig. Ooh, oh, okay, good yeah. choice, good choice. Uh, 335 batting average for his career, 919 hits, 146 home runs, 637 RBIs, 631 runs batted in. Phenomenal player. I hate to draft a Yankee, but, you know, the best are the best, and you, you can't you argue do. with that. That's right. I, I think I have to go with the obvious pick here. You got to go with the salt and the swat, Babe Ruth. I don't think there's any uh, any debate here. Babe Ruth, welcome to the show. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a great hitter. No. Um, <laughs> all right. Let me, I have to find where I am. Put Babe Ruth here. Sweet. All right. So my next one for the 1920s is I have to find it on my list here. Uh, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. All right. There it is. I'm adding a reliever. Although he's not a reliever when he played baseball, a lot of these pitchers were not relievers because relievers okay. weren't really a thing back then. A Dazzy Vance, mm, uh, 147 choice. wins, 90 losses, 3.10 ERA. Hopefully we'll get him to lower that when he starts playing. Uh, 1.205 whip, 1,464 Ks, 2,053.2 innings pitched. I like that. All right, I'm going to fill up my second base slot here. We're going to go with Rogers Hornsby. Nice. Rogers Hornsby. And let me get a little info on Mr. Hornsby here. Oddly enough about Roger Hornsby, I went to a garage sale in Minnesota, 
and I was at this garage sale, and I saw this really old newspaper ad okay. when Rogers Hornsby used to be alive from the 1930s. It was a cigarette ad. And I oh, thought, wow. Cool piece. I'm going to pick this up. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> Rogers was elected in 1942, 71.8% of the ballot to the Baseball Hall of Fame, two-time Triple Crown winner, seven-time batting champ, two-time home run leader, member of the All-Century Team, the All-Time Team, and the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. That is Mr. Rogers Hornsby. Awesome. All right. So my next one is Bill Dickey. Yes, Bill Dickey's my first catcher. A 320 average, 1,431 hits, 168 home runs, 937 runs batted in, and he also scored 722 runs himself. I think that's a pretty solid catcher. It's kind of hard to evaluate defensive ability for a lot of these older players, but in my heart, he's the best defensive catcher out there. That's right. I like that. Okay, and we are going to utilize our first third baseman slot nice. with Mr. Pie Trainer. Now, a little bit about Pie Trainer, two-time All-Star, World Series champion in 1925. Doesn't have a lot of accolades to go for his name, but he was very okay. consistent as a hitter. 320, 2,416 hits, 58 home runs, but had a really good batting, or runs batted in, excuse me, 1,273. So Pie Trainer... Actually, we're going to make a manager's choice here, and we're going to put Pie Trainer on the bench. We're going to use our first bench slot. Okay. Wait, excuse me. No, the bench is not utilized till later <laughs> in the show, so we're going to put him at third base. Perfect. All right. Now, I seem to have made an error on my sheet here, so if you want to pick again, I need to find <laughs> okay, the player happy to do I need. That. Let me do a little uh, research here, as they say. Now, how many more picks do we have this round? Um, we one, have one more. Okay, one and more then we're each. on to the 1921-1940s? Uh, no, we're in the 1921 Oh, we are. Yeah. Oh, so okay. after that's the 1940s. Got it. Yep. Okay. Oh, and Nate, this is an on-air production meeting. Yes. <laughs> do we want to include, excuse me, include players from the Negro Leagues? Yeah. I, I'm all for that. Okay, then I will take <laughs> I will take Josh Gibson. Very nice. And my fill my catcher slot. Awesome. I am going to take Carl Hubble, a pitcher. Oh boy. Lefty. Uh 253 wins, 140 54 losses, 2.98 ERAs. Uh ERA <laughs> ERAs. Uh, he started 433 games. He had 33 saves, almost 3,600 inning pitches, innings pitched, uh, 1,677 strikeouts. We're happy to have him in the bullpen. Happy to have him here. Uh, Nate, should we take a break and then come back? What do you think? Yeah, let's take a break and we can start with the 1940s. And I got one of my favorite players I'm hoping to draft next. Perfect. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Runners in Scoring Position. I hope you enjoyed that break. We sure did. Uh, we're filling out our draft picks, making mm -hmm. sure we filled that in correctly. That's right. And then we we also were preparing for the next couple of rounds. We're in the 1940s. So I definitely think it's starting to heat up here. So we're 41 um, to 1960 60, now. Um, a lot of great players in here. A lot more well-known players. There were probably yeah. fantastic players back then, but... Unless you have a great book like Charlie does, <laughs> you don't you know, know too me. much about him. 
Um, and if you're like me and you're preparing the day before, you're really learning a lot about baseball on the fly, especially in yeah. 1900s. Yeah. So just some clarification for those who are just joining us, what we're doing. Nate and I are right now doing an all-time redraft. So some of the rules that we're doing, two of each starting position and designated hitters will be included. With designated hitters, it can be any American League hitter after 1973. Five starting pitchers, three relievers, and within those three relievers, you can either have an all three relievers or you can include a closer if you'd like, and then two managers. So the way we did it based on fairness and just based on some challenges is each we have round grouping. So every four rounds we pick from a different era. So we just picked our first 12 players from the, before the 1900s all the way up to 1940. And as Nate mentioned, we are now going to do our next four from 1941 yep. to 1960. And Nate... Talked about this during the break, but I, I think I know who you're going to pick here. Why don't you uh, start us off? All right. Well, this is no shock, and I believe he's arguably one of the best baseball players of all time. He's a great stand-up man. He's a Red Sox legend. That is Ted Williams. I'm happy I got him. I would have been really disappointed. I would just walked out of the studio Probably if I didn't get Ted Williams. But uh, 356 batting average. I think he's third all-time in a career batting average. Uh, 1,303 hits. 234 home runs, 893 RBIs, 951 runs, and he's also a veteran, all-around great guy, even better baseball player. Happy to have him. I'm going to start filling my center fielder slot with Mr. Joe DiMaggio. Very nice. All right. Sweet. All right, so I think my next pick is going to be a third baseman. Mm. Uh, Eddie Matthews. Yep, good pick. Good 281 pick. average, 1,221 hits, 299 home runs, 777 runs batted in, and he scored 821 runs. We have a great hitting team so far. I'm really liking where it's going. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just as soon as... The center field slot was open. Now it's closed with Mr. Willie Mays to round out our second nice. center fielder. All right. Uh, for me, my next first baseman is Stan Musil. Mm -hmm. Stan uh, Musil, yeah. Musil. Great pick, yep. great pick. Uh, 330 batting average, 1,771 hits, 266 home runs, 972 runs batted in, 948 runs. I like that. Now, I just want to make a clarification here. The next player I'm going to pick played in the outfield. So, Nate, if it's okay with you, I'm going to use him for my left field slot. That's perfect. Okay. I'm going to take Mr. Roberto Clemente Ooh. to be my left fielder here. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Nate, I believe we have one or two more picks, and then we're heading into the 60s and to 1980s. Is that correct? Yep. So, I have one more pick, and then okay. you will also have one after me. Okay. All right. So, my next one, I have to find his stats here real quick, um, is going to be... See, the great thing about this game, and I'm just filling some airtime until Nate <laughs> finds this guy, but... A lot of it is just realizing how incredible some of these players were back in, you know, the pre 1900s and even 1901 to 1920 and how much they really revolutionized the game of baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like Napla Holy, Rogers Hornsby, Pie Trainer. I mean, old 
Haas Radborn. And I would say, if you ask the 10 people sitting outside in the student life area who old Haas <laughs> Radborn is, I'd say they would look at you and say, what? But, you know, some of these newer guys, you know, Willie Mays, Joe DiMaggio, Ken Griffey Jr., newer guys, meaning within the past 60, 70 years, have really, you know, became the faces of baseball and the history that we have today. Yep. All right. So I finally found my guy here. Um, much like Mr. Ted Williams, he is also uh, a veteran, part of military service in between 1942 and 1944. That's pitcher Bob, Bob Feller. Feller. Yep. Uh, 266 wins, 162 losses, 3.25 ERA, and 63.9 war. I like that. Hall of Fame, Triple Crown, and eight-time All-Star. Mm -hmm. Happy to have him. Grew up in Van Meter, Iowa. Fun fact. Oh, very nice. I'm going to take this lefty before we move on to the 1961-1980s. That is Mr. Sandy Koufax. Very nice. All right. And now for those just joining us, we are doing an all-time redraft, and we just selected our players from 1941 to 1960. The goal of the draft is to draft the best possible team using all players from history, and there are set rules with it. Each round has to be drafted uh, each excuse me. Each player has to be drafted within a certain you know time frame, so you can't pick Ken Griffey Jr. first overall because he did not play before the 1900s. <laughs> so Nate, are you up in this first 1961 yes, to 19? Yes, I am. Perfect. Uh, this one I'm actually prepared for. The rest mm. of this round I'm not quite prepared okay. for. It. Um, but we got Joe Morgan. Yeah, I like uh, that. Coming at second baseman, uh, 282 uh, average. Uh, 1,451 hits, 173 home runs, 720 runs batted in, mm -hmm. and he scored 1,005 runs. Nice. Welcome now, to the team. Now, I'm surprised because I have not picked a first baseman yet. Oh, wow. And I feel like I'm going to have to do this in tribute to the home state of Minnesota here, and I'm going to pick Rod Carew for first baseman. Okay. Okay, and just a little update on my team for those who are wondering. I have filled my catcher, second base, all my outfield slots except for one left field slot. Three of my starting pitchers are gone, two wow. relievers, and I still have a full bench, which we will pick in the final rounds 29 to 33. Um, but, Nate, whenever you're ready, man, just go ahead and pick. All right. So my next pick is... My computer decided to slow down for a second here. Yeah. Uh, right, so we're we're definitely the 1960s here, and I am going to select Reggie Jackson, Good outfielder, uh, two seventy five, batting average one thousand four hundred ten hits, two ninety two home runs, nine hundred twenty two runs batted in, eight hundred thirty three runs. Well, I like that. I think I am going, I was deciding between another player and this guy, but I think to fill my left field slot, I'm going to go with Ricky Henderson. Now, I had an idea. If anybody is interested in to see whose team is statistically better, <laughs> I will post something from the Twitter account, and you must be following, at R-I-S-P-U-C-C-S, nice. to post and see which team has the higher war. And for those who don't know who war is, that is wins above replacement. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll 
take each player's collective war. For example, if Napoli had 125 war throughout his career, I'll take that, and then whichever team has the highest war will be the winner. Now, I know that's not the defining stat of success, but I just think it's an easy stat that we can measure, and we don't have to, you know, cross not cross multiply, but balance <laughs> out between the eras. Because sometimes yeah. that can be hard to balance out between the eras if we're comparing a pre-1900 player to a 1984 player. So. All right. Um, so my next pick is probably a little controversial. He's not usually in positive baseball news from now on, uh, but that is third baseman Pete Rose. I needed a third a solid baseman pick, here. 4,000 hits. Uh, so... Thought he would be a good addition to the team. Not necessarily a character guy that's going to be great for the young guys here, but uh, he's a great player and he definitely plays hard. Uh, he had a 314 average. Uh, he's credited with 2,045 hits, 79 home runs, 580 RBIs, 1,068 runs. Yes. I'm going to go with the Iron Man here, Cal Ripken Jr. Many know Cal Ripken Jr. for being a shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. But a lot of us know how long he played. I believe it was 2,132 straight games for the Baltimore Orioles. Another example of one of the few players who actually played with one different, one team. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you want to fill airtime a bit, I have lost yeah. my next pick. Let's talk about Cal Ripken Jr., folks. Cal Ripken is currently 58 years old. His middle name is Edwin. And he played with the Baltimore Orioles from 1981 to 2001, was a first ballot Hall of Famer in 2007, finished with 98.53% of the vote, was a 19-time All-Star, two-time AL MVP, an eight-time Silver Slugger, won the Roberto Clemente Award in 1992. He is also on the All-Century team, similar to Rogers Hornsby, the Baltimore Orioles Hall of Fame, and has the number eight retired by the Baltimore Orioles. And he also had a father, Cal Ripken Sr., who was also his coach for a while. So that's similar to like a father-son playing together, like Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. Uh, we don't see that a lot. Um, there's another opportunity we could see that in basketball of all sports yeah. coming up in the next few years with LeBron James and LeBron James Jr., affectionately yeah. known as Bronny. Um, he could be... <laughs> In the NBA, I would say within the next four to five years, because oh, I yeah. believe right now he's a a sophomore in high school. Yeah, and you know, I'm I can't imagine that he would stay longer than a year at a you know a high profile institution. Yeah, I imagine he already has forty plus scholarship offers oh, right yeah. now, which is the same amount I had coming out of high school. <laughs> Decided to dedicate myself to you know radio and club baseball, but that's we okay. Love you for it, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Nate, do you got a pick yet? Or yes, I do. Okay. I finally got a pick here. Perfect. Um, I needed a shortstop, and I lost my shortstop because you took my shortstop. Uh, so Ernie Banks is now my shortstop. Another good this pick. Era. I like that. I like um, that. A pretty solid pick, in my opinion. It's not who I wanted. Ernie, I still love you just as much as Cal Ripken Jr. R.I.P. But Cal Ripken Jr. was on that, was in that spot before him. So yep. got to yeah, honor him there. Sure. Now, I just want to confer and... Let me just check with Nate's roster and see if he already picked him. And he did not pick this player. So, Nate, I believe, do we have one more selection in this time era? Uh, you do, yes. Okay. I'm going to take third baseman Eddie Matthews. Matthews with one T, not two Ts. 
from the Atlanta Braves to round out my third base slot. Nice. All right, now we're going to be drafting from 1981 to 2000. So, Nate, first pick. All right, so my first pick is... I, I do need to check the stats department here because I do think beep, boop, beep, boop. he started before the year 2000, and that's why I want to use him in this spot. Um, he would fill my catcher spot, and I'm looking at this guy to be a leader in the team. He didn't have the best stats in all of baseball, uh, but he was definitely a character guy and one of the best fighters against Alex Rodriguez. And, yep, he did enter the league in 1997. That is Jason Veritek, captain Ooh, of the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Uh, not the best stats in the world, but I think he's a very he's a character guy, and I love him on my team. A twenty four point two WAR, uh, five thousand more than five thousand at bats, uh, one thousand three hundred seven hits, one hundred ninety three home runs, a two fifty six batting average, pretty solid from a catcher, uh, six hundred sixty four runs, seven five seven RBIs, and he had twenty five stolen bases, which is pretty good for a guy of his size. So. Happy to have you, Jason Veritek. I you like have that, that captain spot. That's a good pick. Thank really you. Good pick. Now, I'm just going to go and confer. Now, the manager I'm going to pick is, you know, I would say hotly contested. Now, I'm either thinking, hmm, let's see. Who do I want to pick? Because there's two managers that I would love to pick. You know what? I'm going to go with Tony La Russa to finish my final Ooh. managerial spot. He is a Hall of Famer, of course, Very 2014 nice. class. Um, but I think he does well to finish out the manager slot. If I had to pick someone between 1981 and 2000, I think he would be a good pick to finish my manager slot. Nice. And now remember, Nate, and to our viewers out there, there are two designated hitter slots still available. Yes. So that can be used on any American League hitter after 1973. So that is valid this round. Awesome. And I'm actually going to use that de designated Perfect. hitter spot here. Uh, so let me find my pick here. Uh, and so my pick is going to be Mark McGuire. I like that. Um, I do believe, I'm not 100% sure if he was in the American League at this time. Um, we'll, we'll count it because he okay. played with the Athletics. <laughs> All so right, I'll awesome. Uh, Mark McGuire is my first designated hitter pick. Because I believe, if we're going to the stats department, Mark McGuire played with the Athletics in the late 80s. Awesome. So that would count, yes, Sweet. 1986 to 1997. Perfect. And I am also going to do my designated hitter, and never mind, because he never played in the American League. So that would not work. <laughs> we're not going to do that. You know what? We're going to go with Ken Griffey Jr. Nice. Nice choice there. A good pick. All right, for my next one, this is my last starting pitcher spot. Uh, those went a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, but coming in, I think he's going to be the guy I rely on probably the most, uh, and that is going to be Roger Clemens. Uh, I like to picture him as Red Sox Roger Clemens, not Yankee steroid Roger Clemens. So that's what he is on my team. Sure. 152 wins, 89 losses, 3.02 ERA. It's a little higher than you expect, but that's probably the end of his career where his ERA kind of added up a bit there. Uh, 1.176 whip, over 2,000 strikeouts, and over 2,000 innings pitched. I like that. All right, and I am also going to use up another one of my starting pitcher slots. I'm going to take I'm going to take Greg Maddox here. Nice. Greg Maddox probably one of the better 
known control pitchers of our time didn't have overpowering velocity like Randy Johnson yeah. or Roger Clemens where he would throw at 98 down the middle and you'd you know, close your eyes and swing. But he'd be the guy who kind of dink and dunk you all around. He'd be like 85 and throw a sinker and perfectly placed in the bottom left-hand corner. Or he'd throw an 88-mile-an-hour two-seam and bring it up to the top right yeah. corner. It would just be everywhere. Pinpoint control. Greg Maddox, welcome to the starting rotation. You're going to have to talk to uh, Jimmy and Tony about where you're going to be in the starting rotation. <laughs> I'm just the owner. I don't control <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, you did take another one of my players here uh, that he was going to be the reliever of my team, Greg Maddox was. Uh, so I'm looking for my next player here. So give me one second here. All right, we'll fill some more airtime. Let's talk about Joe Torre. So Joe Torre managed for 29 years. He managed over 4,200 games, which is incredible if you think about it. He had uh, 15 pennants or excuse me, 15 postseason appearances with six pennants won, won the World Series four times, 96, 98, 99, and 2000, along with Tony La Russa, who won three World Series, 14 postseason appearances, and six pennants won. Uh, I'm looking at an article on Bleacher Report right now, and they say the number one manager of all time is Joe McCarthy, who mm. won, had nine postseason appearances and seven World Series, 32, 36, 37, 38, 39, 41 and 43, Nate. All right. Well, here's mine. I, I'm pretty proud of this one uh, because he might have been your uh, 2000 pick, but he is going to be the end of my 1982 to, to until 2000 pick, and that's Mariano Rivera. He is my okay. closer. Good pick. Respect. I am, <laughs> Respect. He started in 1995, so a little close to the end there, but okay. boy, oh boy, am I happy to have him. 56.2 war. 82 wins, 60 losses, 2.21 ERA, and he had 652 saves. He did start 10 games, which is a fact I'm learning here as I'm reading this to you all. And he played in 1,115 games. I like that. Now, this guy is going to be my first non-Hall of Famer, but a personal favorite of mine to fill my final first baseman slot. It's going to be Mr. Albert Pujols. With nice. the St. Louis Cardinals, one of my favorite players of all time. But I would not be surprised if he does make it to the Hall of Fame when he retires. So now we are going to move on to present day. And present day, we'll do four rounds of that. And then it'll just be bench slots. So you have to utilize the rest of your spots now um, before you can... Um, select your bench and just to keep in mind you can pick anybody from your bench era it can be you know could it could be Mark Grudzelanek your Vittorialba you could pick Brock Holt anybody from the bench era doesn't matter and so we should each have four picks left five picks left and that we'll select our bench all right awesome Perfect. so two of my open spots are my manager spots okay. and so I'm going to take one here and Terry Francona is going to be my choice. That's a good pick. Uh, leader of the 2004 Red Sox and the current Cleveland Indians. Uh, I think he's a great player coach, and I do have a couple Red Sox on here, so he knows some of the guys on the team. Uh, I thought him and Jason Veritek worked really well together when they were paired together. So welcome to the team, Terry. I like that. So to use my last shortstop pick, I'm going to take Francisco Lindor. Now, a lot of people might not be thinking, Francisco Lindor, does he deserve to be 
on an all-time redraft, but I feel like he has a lot of potential to fill um, the shoes of a Hall of Famer. I feel like he could definitely do it, um, you know, but I feel like that's a good pick to kind of round out my shortstop roster. Awesome. Present-day pick. Sweet. All right, so I am picking my last third baseman, and that is going to be, you know, you might see with the present-dayness a little bit of a Red Sox bias here, uh, but Mike Lowell. Uh, 2007 World Series MVP. Okay. Mike Lowell is my oh. pick for third base. <laughs> As I... Okay. As I made that pick for Francisco Lindor, I realized there's one shortstop who will be Hall of Famer next year who I did not pick. Derek Jeter. But that's well, okay. That's that's We learn from our mistakes. That's okay. Neither of us will pick him, so that's you know okay. that that's a good thing. At least I'm going to round know? out my <laughs> starting pitcher role. I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw. Oh, all right, that could be a good pick. Yeah, that's a great pick there. Now, on-air production meeting, Nate, yes. do we want to do we want to expand our bench rosters to be both pitchers and hitters, or do we just want to do hitters? Yeah, I think we can do pitchers, hitters. Perfect. Wait, we can do umpires if we want. Anything okay. goes on the bench here. Perfect. Um. All right, so my next pick is my designated hitter. It's Big Poppy. I couldn't resist not grabbing David Ortiz. Um, One of the best present era designated hitters. Uh, You just love to have him on your team. He's a clutch guy. He's going to come up big in the 13th inning or even the 9th inning. He'll do it whenever. Happy to have you to happy to have the future Hall of Famer David Ortiz on Team Jones. I'm actually going to take advantage of a missed opportunity, and for my final designated hitter, we're going to go Derek Jeter. Ooh, very nice. Okay, now. So we each have one more pick, I believe, for yes, and then we'll go into our bench. Awesome. So I'm going to pick my last coach, and another Red Sox manager, and also a Red Sox player. I'm choosing Alex Cora. He really impressed me in his first year as a manager of the Boston Red Sox, leading them to a World Series victory, which he also has in common with Terry Francona, who led to the Red Sox to a World Series victory in his first year managing the team. That will be an excellent team. That's a dynamic duo I would love to be a part of. I love that. That's a great pick. Now, Nate, why don't you go over your roster quick when I find my next pick? <laughs> All right. Awesome. So let me take a look, see if I've updated it. All right, so my manager is Terry Francona. Second manager, Alex Cora. Bill Dickley and Jason Veritek are my catchers. Lou Gehrig and Stan are my first basemen. Uh, Eddie Collins and Joe Morgan are my second baseman, shortstop. Honus Wagner, Eddie Banks. Uh, third baseman is... I wrote it down here. I didn't type it in. Mike Lowell. And <laughs> um, I didn't write down my second, third baseman, so I'll get back to you guys later on that one. Uh, left fielder, Joe Jackson, Ted Williams, then Ty Cobb. And we'll go back to Charlie here because some of it's not accurate to what actually happened. So we'll update you on that later. The reason why some of you just heard me go, oh, this bump <laughs> is because I found my closer or reliever slot. I'm going to utilize the closer role here. I'm going to take Trevor Hoffman, which oh, I feel like is a great, great that's pick a good here. one. Um, so now we are heading into our final five, which is our bench slots. Now, just some clarification. You probably heard, you probably think, Charlie, you said this 40,000 times. <laughs> the bench roll, you can pick five players selected from any era. It could be pitcher, catcher. It could be the scorekeeper. Doesn't it? It could be anybody you want. Pick them and then 
just uh, to explain. And we'll have a little explanation round because it's not as cut and dry as, you know, a Ted Williams for an outfielder. Maybe explain why you chose your pick, right. why you would decide to pick that player. So. Very nice. All right, so my first one is going to be Brock Holt. Anyone who watches baseball or especially the Red Sox knows that Brock Holt plays pretty much every position there is to play in baseball. He has a great guy to have on the bench if you need someone to come up. And he's a clutch hitter in a lot of big times. A lot of the Red Sox victories uh, in the playoffs, a lot of them started with him. He had phenomenal performances, and he doesn't start most of the time. He comes off the bench. He'll, he plays second place. He plays left field, center field, right field. He's even been at third. I think he's even pitched in a game before. He does it all. That's why I'm happy to have him on my bench. And he's a great morale guy, too. He's a Brock star. So you Brock star for got to have him. That's right. I'm going to take this guy, but Nate, I'm going to ask you before I take him. Have you t uh, chosen Hank Aaron yet? I have not. Okay. Hank Aaron's going to be the first <laughs> one on my bench. There's not a lot to describe about <laughs> Hank Aaron just because he is so he was so valuable yeah. to the Braves organization. Hit over 700 home runs. Just that guy you would you know hammer and Hank, um, you know a classic guy you would want on your bench. Obviously provide morale and just a you know good some padding for your stats department there. Yeah, perfect. Um, so my next pick, and I don't think this one needs a lot of explanation as well. I don't know if you picked him. Maybe I missed it. But Mike Trout is going to Mike be Trout is not been picked. Uh, in my bench. I'm very happy to have him. One of the best okay. the best center fielder in today's league, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, he's not quite a veteran enough to earn a starting role over my guy Ty Cobb and Reggie Jackson. Uh, but he'll get there eventually. But off the bench, he'll just be a killer pinch hitter. Yeah. My next pick, a little bit of a controversial pick. I'm going to go Barry Bonds. Oh, all right. The reason why I'm going Barry Bonds is because obviously there was a cloud of steroids around him when he was with the Giants. Yes. However, people do not realize that he had a Hall of Fame career with the Pittsburgh Pirates when he was not using steroids before he left with the Giants. He had numbers that were unlike anybody at the time producing. And even though he did mess up with the Giants, I mean, we've seen even with Henry Mejia, who got a lifetime ban, he is now minor league deal with the Red Sox. So yeah. <laughs> if Henry Mejia can get back in baseball, I think guys like Barry Bonds should have a legitimate shot of making it to the Hall of Fame. Nice. That's a great pick there. Uh, and then my next one is, he's a former uh, favorite player of mine. The team he moved to, I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, but Jacoby Ellsbury is my pick here. I'm looking at speed here. This is why I want him. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what, in 2007, I believe, is when he started with the Red Sox. And I fell in love with him the first time I saw him. The first, I was at my grandpa's house and we were watching the Red Sox. And he steals second. And just his stance and everything, I copied it. I wore his number. Like, I was Jacoby Ellsbury in my mind when I played Little League Baseball. And so I'm happy to have him on the team. But he's not a Yankee in our in, on my team. He's never been to Yankees. His career stopped in 2013 with World Series victory. He rode off in the sunset, so I'm happy to have Jacob E. Ellsbury on Team Jones. Yep. My next pick is going to be a little bit of an old player, Jimmy Fox. Hmm. Now, Jimmy Fox joined the Philadelphia Athletics at age 17. Um, we had fantastic um, hitting, 325, 428, and 609 for a slugging. Last full season in 1941, 14-year window. Um but he was an incredible 
baseball player, three major league, or excuse me, three MVP campaigns, which featured a slugging percentage above 700, and two of them included a top 10 RBI tally for a single season in MLB history. So Jimmy oh. Fox is going to be the third member on my bench here with two more to go. Awesome. All right, so my next pick, and, you know, we're both crazy, like, in between when the other person's talking, we're adding people. Right. So you might have picked them, but I don't think you did. A Satchel Page. Satchel Page um, has been discussed, but not picked. Yes, so I'm happy to Ooh. add Satchel Page. Oh, okay. I'm going to take this guy, and glaringly obvious that this man has not been picked, <laughs> Jackie Robinson. Oh, wow. He has not been wow. picked yet. And today is <laughs> Jackie Robinson Day. He yeah. would have been 100 today. So. Wow. Jackie Robinson, welcome to the bench. And we have one more player left to select. Awesome. Now, this is kind of tough because I feel like I have a pretty solid team already um, without the next player. And so I just kind of want someone fun, I guess, or yeah. someone uh, that I enjoyed watching. And that's what I'm really looking for. So I'm going to select Todd Helton of the Colorado Rockies. Good. Uh, great first baseman. Uh, he's my. I also played first base when I played Little League. And he's what I modeled my first baseman attributes after when I was in Little League during my short baseball career. So I'm short, happy to have Todd. Short but elite baseball career. <laughs> you and my mom really went to a can agree on that. Uh, Todd Helton, welcome to the team. My last pick is going to be one of the best Cardinals pitchers ever to play, Bob Gibson. Wow. You know, just an elite, elite pitcher. Great fastball, great, you know, plus breaking ball, but... Um, I feel like overall this was a successful draft. Yeah, I, you I think know, we I, both have solid teams. Solid teams, a lot yeah. of Hall of Famers, a lot of good guys. But I feel like we both have some controversial picks, <laughs> which is good. We could kind of discuss that and figure that yeah. out. Um, some breaking news here: that Wade Miley has just signed a one-year, four-point-five million-dollar deal with the Houston Astros. Oh, wow. so he is now a Houston Astro. And another thing I forgot to talk about. Um, Nate, I don't know if you're familiar with the offspring of Roger Clemens, per se, okay. but he has three kids, I believe, and they all went to University of Texas. Okay. Uh, Casey Clemens, Cody Clemens, and then another one I'm forgetting the name of. But anyway, Roger was in the news recently because his son, Casey Clemens, who is an outfielder for the Toronto Blue Jays, was recently assaulted by a bouncer at a Houston bar oh. with uh, career-threatening injuries. Along with another minor leaguer named Connor Capel. Huh. Now, Connor Capel bumped his head, not bumped his head, uh, fractured his skull at because of this bouncer. And so apparently his career is now in jeopardy. And we're going to do a little on air production meeting here. Okay. So these are the you know, minor leaguers right here. Oh, wow. So these are the bruises. But if people aren't, uh, you know, looking at this right now, it's bad. It's very, it's severe. I mean, nose is broken, arm fractured, but, um, well, wow. excuse me. So it was bad and it just came out today and apparently it happened New Year's Eve. And so they're suing for about $200,000 in damages. And obviously this is their career. So they got to find something else to, to do now and yeah. figure that out from there. But obviously very scary stuff. Yeah, that is. Um, Nate, anything else you want to touch on here? Um, I'd like to formally apologize to our number one fan, Mookie Betts, for not drafting and, you. And Johnny B. <laughs> um, and I'd like to formally apologize to Mookie Betts. I should have picked you. There's a lot of really good center fielders in the history of baseball. Um, but I am very sorry I did not select you. 
don't know. I'll make it up to you in any way you want me to. Yeah. Maybe um, come on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that'll be great. Well, so, we'll move some time around. Yeah. We, we can, we can fit you in. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Mookie bets for Absolutely. all you do for Red Sox. So we're going to take a break. And I think once we come back, we're going to have our full rosters ready and maybe we'll yep. go through some of our maybe contested picks and maybe some that we thought, Hmm, should I pick him here? Or maybe I picked him too early, but Anyway, we'll be back, and then we will wrap up our show. And we'll, and Johnny B is making a comeback, folks. I'm not making this up. He was very angry last night. He said, I need to be on the show. I need to you know, make something clear. I think you can guess what it's going to be about. And, folks, I'm looking at a full paragraph here. So a lot of content coming back. You know, Stick around during the break, and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Runners in Scoring Position. We are Nate and Charlie, and we are having – Way too much fun. and yeah, too much. Too yeah, much. thank you so much for joining us for that draft. That was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for all the on-air production meetings, uh, stat department running some numbers, all that that you had to bear through. Stat department is still underpaid, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, they are. We'll talk about that another time. They might be protesting next week after all we put them through today. But uh, we'll see eventually um, how that is. So you want to talk a little bit about what sure. you think about the draft? Who were some snubs? And overall, who would you trade it out for your team, maybe? Different things like that. Yeah. So for those just joining us, Nate is referring to an all-time redraft that we just did. So we compiled a 33-man roster. And you may be thinking, 33, 33 people on a roster? That's too big. 25-man uh, roster is usually the standard number of people that you put on there. But we decided to expand uh, two of each position, five starters, two designated hitters, three reliever closers and then five bench, but some snubs that I thought didn't get picked. First of all, catcher Johnny Bench. No <laughs> Johnny Bench. I thought, yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame, one of the best catchers of all time. I remember hearing a story about Johnny Bench, how on his knees from home plate, he could throw the ball over the center field fence wow. on his knees, which I'm not surprised about. Um, third baseman, Brooks Robinson. Yeah. He's literally called the human vacuum cleaner because of how – Phenomenal he was defensively at third base, just scooped everything up. Um, he was Nate, very close for me on that one. Yeah, there. Nate, yeah. do you have any ones that really stood out on your team? Yeah, um, I'm really happy with Ted Williams. I feel like I have a very good hitting team. Right. You know, we have Ty Cobb, we have Pete Rose, we have Ted Williams. I really like all of those aspects of it. That was kind of looking at when I was like looking at players. Average was kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. And what I valued a little more than home runs, different stuff like that. Because you can get on base, it's it's hard to lose when you can get guys on base. And then the guy after you is batting 340, 360 in his career. You're probably going to be batted in. So I like all of those. Um, I love that I picked up Mike Trout off for my bench. Uh, arguably the best player in Major League Baseball now. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good add to your bench. Um, and I'm also like a pick that I don't think anyone was expecting. And it could kill me overall when we... Uh, tab all the wars is Jason Veritek. I think he's kind of that intangible sort of baseball player where he was a very solid baseball player. He did a lot for the Red Sox, but him fighting Alex Rodriguez did more for baseball than a lot of other players did, in my opinion. Right. Um, so I like having that kind of character guy. And he's one of the only captains in Red Sox history. Uh, the only one after him has been Dustin Pedroia. I think the one before, I'm not sure who the one before him was. But there have not been a ton of captains in Red Sox history. So to hold that title is a pretty big deal. And he is one of those and arguably one of the best. 
So my my question for you is I'm just looking over your roster right yeah. now. And, you know, on your bench, you have a lot of newer players. Yes. Uh, you know, Brock Holt, Trout, Ellsbury. Yep. One exception, Satchel Page. But what was your thought process of picking that bench? And why didn't you go with some of maybe some older hitters, maybe more proven Hall of Famers rather than the newer, um, you know, not as not necessarily not as well known and proven, but just some of the newer guys on your team? Yeah, I kind of went new with it, and mainly because when I'm thinking of bench, I'm thinking of someone who's not, who does not play normally, who will see action every five to ten days. Someone who, all right, we're tied 3-3, bomb the ninth. We need you to do something, whether it's pitching, whether it's hitting, something like that. I want someone who can make a difference. I feel like if, you know, say David Ortiz gets on second base, I can put Jacoby Ellsbury in there, and then... You know, then have Mike Trout come up to the plate. The game's over right there. Some of those strategies, especially with great managers like Alex Cora and Terry Francona, I think they would be able to move those pieces around. So even if someone gets injured, I'm fine if I have to put in... It's kind of weird to say, but Mike Trout in for Ty Cobb. Like, that's an okay uh, switch for me. I feel like I'm not losing too much. Especially because we don't know how Ty Cobb reacts to 100-mile fastball. So... All that is kind of a big deal as well when we're playing baseball. So sure. that was my idea behind my bench. With me personally, because my two managers, Jimmy Collins, who was, you know, 1900s, 1920s, and Tony LaRusso, more of a modern manager. Yeah. I wanted to make sure my team had an equal split of old, excuse me, old and new. Okay. Because I feel like then each one of the managers can kind of confer with one another on how to handle yeah. each position. Um, for the exception of catcher, second base, third base, um, and right field, those are all positions that have an old and a new player on them. With catcher, you know, Josh Gibson and Buck Ewing, it's interesting to see how Josh Gibson would have reacted in Major League Baseball. So for a lot of people who don't know who Josh Gibson was, Josh Gibson Gibson, excuse me, was regarded as one of the best Negro League power hitters of all time. And if he was in Major League Baseball, he would be the equivalent level of a Babe Ruth of his time. He was called the Black Babe Ruth, um, but he, you know, hit over 200 home runs and he was only alive for about 35 years. So imagine if he had a long career with the Negro Leagues, he could have hit three to 400 home runs easily. With yeah. just all of this potential, I mean, he slugged and, you know, did all that. And I think he was probably, you could argue, he was one of the best players of all time. You know, Negro, not Negro League related. Yeah. Uh, but then you have, you know, newer guys at first base like Rod Carew, who is now the second Panamanian Hall of Famer of all time behind some mm. guy named Mariano Rivera, who recently got inducted. And then you have, you know, second basements, two old guys, Rogers Hornsby, Nap, Nap Laholi. And yep. now this is where I kind of question my pick here at shortstop. <laughs> I feel like I could have done better here. Okay. Cal Ripken Jr. and Francisco Lindor. I would say Cal Ripken Jr., solid pick. Yeah. Francisco Lindor, I feel like I could have swapped out with Derek Jeter and maybe picked a better designated hitter. I feel like I was trying to overcompensate because I didn't pick Derek Jeter for that shortstop role and I wanted to include him on the team, I think there could have been a better designated hitter. Um, remember, that could have been used on any American League hitter yeah. after 1973. So I you know, might have screwed it up there, but I feel like 
that it still is going to come out with a solid war overall for Derek Jeter. Um, I would say my pitching's pretty good, a mix of old and new. We have one modern day pitcher, Clayton Kershaw, and a couple of yeah. eighty in a one eighties pitcher in Maddox, and then Sandy Koufax, who's obviously known for his dominance in the sixties, yep. and then old Haas Radborn and Christy Mathewson in the nineteen yep. hundreds there. But my reliever slots, you know, Amos Rusi and then Three Finger Brown, both solid pitchers back in the nineteen hundreds. The closer role is such a specifically defined role because that really wasn't a thing until about you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. The closer role is such a niche role that you didn't have a closer in the 1900s, let alone the 1960s and 70s. Yeah. So there's not a lot of solid closers that you could pick modern day. You know, Nate picking Mariano Rivera, and I thought Trevor Hoffman would be a great example of that. Yep. And then moving on to my bench, we have four great hitters in Aaron, Bonds, Fox, and Jackie Robinson, along with one pitcher, Bob Gibson, you know, Great pitcher, but you never know. He could be a good hitting shortstop, could be a good wild card pick. Um, yeah. Someone you could just kind of get off the bench to help you produce. So, um, Nate, just kind of looking at your team right now, yeah, I see your type in the roster, and so I'm going to yeah. just analyze your team. I like the manager picks. Thank you. Um, obviously, a little Red Sox bias there, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, both World Series winning managers. Yeah. Bill Dickey, classic catcher. Um, Veritek, I feel like, was more of a sentimental pick rather than a historical pick just yeah, because of he said what he did with the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> first baseman, I don't have any arguments on that. I think they're both great players, Lou Gehrig and then Pete Rose. Um, you know, Lou Gehrig's career tragically cut short with uh, known as Lou Gehrig's disease yep. or ALS today. Second baseman, I don't have any issues with that. I think they're um, both, you know, great players. I don't know as much about Eddie Collins, but I know you know, Joe Morgan was part of the, the big red machine with Rose and Dave Concepcion and Tony yep. Perez. And, yeah. Um, those guys like that. So good pick there. Um, shortstop. Did you mean, so Eddie Banks or Ernie Banks? Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks. Yep. Okay. I, I was used to tell okay. you. Yep. <laughs> um, both, you know, both good picks there. Honus Wagner, obviously one of the best yep. of all time. And then third baseman. Eddie Collins, Mike Lowell pick, I think, is similar to the Jason Veritek. Yep. Probably oh, more I sentimental. Well. Yeah. Left field, Chulis Joe Jackson. If he wasn't involved with the Black Sox scandal in the 30s, he would be an instant Hall of Famer. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's so mind. sad about That is just one of the biggest what-ifs in baseball. Maybe that's like a show for another time, but yeah. talking about like what would have happened if certain things didn't happen. Yeah. And there's a lot of controversy on his specific role within um, what he did or didn't what do. he did or didn't do and so it is kind of sad that his career was ruined because of that and he was such a good baseball player i remember reading about him when i was in elementary school and he always fascinated him fascinated yeah. me um but having him and joe jackson joe jackson and ted williams together that's a pretty stellar left field lineup if you ask me now the interesting thing is now this so and some of you older listeners <laughs> might remember that i do collect autograph memorabilia yeah the thing with joe jackson is he couldn't read or write yes so his wife would sign all of his memorabilia for him yeah which is so interesting to me oh, i mean yeah. still be worth thousands of dollars if his wife signed it but imagine an authentic shoeless joe signature i mean it'd be worth probably 20 oh yeah 30, and there's probably some of those out there just there like is. basically a scribble so yeah that's fascinating yes uh let's Center fielders, no issue on that. Reggie Jackson, I feel like, was a strong pick. Ty Cobb, obviously. You know, <laughs> probably one of the dirtiest players of our time. Oh, yeah. 
Got to have that character in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Billy Hamilton, folks. Old Billy Hamilton, not new. Yep. Billy Hamilton. And then, Nate, who's your other right fielder? I, I'm trying to find that out right now. Okay. I may not have drafted a second right fielder. Would you like to use, Would you like to take some time to draft uh, another right fielder? Yeah, let me take a look real quick. Okay, so I'll go over your DH. Uh, Mark McGuire, fantastic power hitter. David Ortiz. I can see the bias here, Red Sox fan, but I think just overall he was a great, yeah. great hitter. Now, this is a what if. What if David Ortiz stayed on the Twins? Imagine how good that Twins roster would be. I mean, the guys like Joe Maurer and David Ortiz, and then you have, you know, Johan Santana, like an all-time Twins team would just be fantastic. Uh, yeah, and but I, I'm also of the belief that he became a great Red Sox because of what happened in 2004. He became a better true. player, I think. I think he gained a lot of confidence because he was playing okay in 2004 before the playoffs, but he came into his own in the playoffs there. Honestly, if he the playoffs don't happen for him, he leaves the Red Sox in one or two years. It's one of those things of like right place, right time. So that's my opinion there for that one. Yeah, I agree with that. I there's just a whole thing going on with the Twins management and how they cannot produce and keep talent. You know, there's been a ton of good examples where they just let go of these players who aren't doing well and then magically under a different management system they just do exceptional so i don't know what it is about that kind of analyzing more of your team i don't see any problem with your starting pitchers roger clemens i feel like someone argued but i feel like he was a great pitcher no matter you know if you play with the yankees or the astros or the red sox or the blue jays i feel like he was just great all around and i love the bob the bob feller story um, just because similar to Ted Williams, he was a veteran. Yep. Um, he served five years, I believe. I can't remember what branch, but he was a veteran and growing up, you know, Midwest, uh, Midwest boy, just like me, Van Meter, Iowa. Uh, but he was, you know, a great, great player. And he was relatively young when he started. I think he was like 18 or 19 when yeah. he came into the league. Um, great pitcher. They called him, I think he was like hundred, hundred miler feller or something like that. But he... You know, was the Jordan Hicks equivalent? I mean, yeah. he would be someone who could throw 105, 106 consistently. Closer, I, I don't <laughs> see any issue with that. Nothing there. <laughs> the bench slot, <laughs> I think Brock Holt. I like I. You know, that's an edgy, edgy pick. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know Brock Holt actually played with the Pirates for a while too, mm-hmm. and then Mike Trout. I mean. Nothing. It's Mike Trout. (laughs) Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury is the type of guy, and Nate, you might disagree with me on this, but he, you know, when he was with the Red Sox early, great career. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. He'd be that guy you'd be worried about on the bases. Uh But then when he signed that mega deal with the Yankees, (sighs) something just seemed to happen where he was not the same player. Yeah. I don't know if it was the pressure of going to New York. But, you know, in reality, moving from Boston to New York is not a huge is not a big difference. Deal. Yeah. I mean, if you're going, let's say, from maybe Seattle to New York, or if you were going from some other small market team, Oakland, Oakland to New York, then that would be a culture shock and a huge shock. Then you're thinking, wow, I'm in New York, bright lights. I mean, that's like Matt Harvey. Couldn't yep. handle the bright lights. Yeah. Goes to a smaller market team in Cincinnati. Does exception. Yep. So, Satchel Page, similar to Josh Gibson, one of the best. 
Negro League players of our time. And stats department, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you one more time. Can you do a little research on Satchel Page for me? And the stats department nodded his head. So he's <laughs> going to do it right now. But <clears throat> Satchel Page actually got the chance to play in Major League Baseball. Okay. So he played with the Cleveland Indians and two, team, two teams, uh, St. Louis Browns and the Kansas City Athletics. But he also had some time playing in Mexico, too, which I did oh, wow. not know about Satchel Page. Huh. So uh, Todd Helton. I think that's going to be a good prediction. Um, good I, prediction for you. Do you think he is going to be on the Hall of Fame? I think he'll get there eventually. I don't. I think maybe right before he leaves the ballot, um, he'll get elected. Uh, I'm not sure what his percentage was this year, uh, his first time up. Uh, but he's a great first baseman. A, a lot of people remember him fondly, I think. Um, but it just he might be one of those players you have to kind of. He'll have to go through the rounds a bit in order to get elected. He won't be. He obviously wasn't a first ballot this year, but I know a lot of people voted for him this year, so uh, right. we can see what happens in the future. I did draft my right fielder, uh, Fred Lynn of the Boston Red Sox. I that's uh, an underrated that's a pick. Yeah. Underrated so pick. He's MVP rookie of the year, so I like that pick a lot for sure. And right now, for some of our Twitter followers out there, I'm currently posting a poll. I'm going to do whose team is better. Now I'm going to put four notables for each team. So for Nate's, I'm going to do Mariano Rivera, Mike Trout. We're going to go Ted Williams, and then Ty Cobb. Nate, are you okay with your four? Yeah, no, I, I think that perfectly. A little bit of everything there. Perfect. And then I will do my team here. And obviously with my team, there's just so many elite players to choose from. So it's going to be hard to pick, but... Let me uh, let me see who I want to do. Nate, do you want to talk about maybe some of the snubs or just some baseball news that's going on right now? Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about the snubs here. So uh, Fred Lynn, I thought before I drafted him, was probably a snub there as well. Uh, one big one, I think, is Pedro Martinez. He was a very dominant pitcher in the 90s heading into the 2000s. Uh, Kurt Schilling would also have been a solid pick from either one of us. Pitching wise, I think pitching is where it's oversaturated. And I also felt like this with the outfield as well. You only had six spots there. Starting pitchers, we only had five. A couple you could turn into closers. But if we're going from the 1800s all the way until now, it's over 100 years of baseball. And there's a heck of a lot to choose from. So that's why it's kind of hard to choose these um, pitchers, especially from 60s on. I feel like a lot of pitchers were probably. Um, miss there as well. And some of the late picks, you know, Hank Aaron, I believe, was is he on your bench? Hank Aaron is on my bench. Yeah, that's kind of a late pick. Uh, you kind of expect him to be picked a little earlier. Uh, same with Mike Trout. You kind of <laughs> I picked Michael Lowell over Mike Trout. So, you know, it's also who we needed on our teams at the point, which is kind of fun of the strategy. I think that happens a lot, not necessarily in real life, because especially the farm system, you can draft. 40 pitchers if you wanted to, and they would just be in your farm system. Well, I think another late pick, Jackie Robinson. Oh, yeah. I mean, second to last round for Jackie Robinson. Yep. That crazy. But, uh, yeah, so let's see. I think we're going to have to take a break. We're going to go on to our next segment of Johnny B. Or, Nate, do we just want to do Johnny B right let's now just go, and wrap it up? We'll go Ryan and okay. Johnny B. All right, so we're going to go Johnny B here. <laughs> And it was specially requested that I do this in a Northeastern accent. Okay. Let's see what you got. 
It's going to be, <laughs> folks, I'm just warning you, it's going to be like an In-N-Out Midwestern Johnny B accent. Okay, boys, it's Johnny B, long time no talk. I've been watching this free agency from the pizza shop with my uncle Lorenzo, and we are seeing some suspicious activity. I know two things for certain. Forget them about it. The first thing. The Yankees are the greatest baseball club in the world. Two, New York City, the Bright Lights, Madison Square Garden, Chris Dops. Wait, no, Chris Dops isn't there anymore. The greatest city in the world, ipso facto. And I believe that all other major league teams are colluding to keep all these free agents from signing in New York. It's a travesty and it needs to be stopped right now. I'm certain Manny Machado, Bryce Harper would take a big discount to play with the New York Yankees. I say it, the Yankees. If only other teams would allow it. Just evidence of how everyone is against us. I'll take my answer off the air. Oh, Johnny B. You never disappoint. Johnny, so crazy. I'm glad you, you know. could join us in person this time. Thank you. It's <laughs> been a pleasure. My cab ride is waiting out front. It's going to be about a $200 cab ride, so maybe you can dip in the budget and pay for something on the way back. You know, Johnny will have to see, but yeah. I mean, Nate, that's a that's interesting a point. And, oh, there goes Johnny B. See you later. But, uh, you know, we can talk about him behind his back. You know, he can't listen to us until he's definitely in the car there. So yeah. I think we're safe for a little bit. But Johnny B, one, you know, the Yankees arguably were probably once the best baseball team Red Sox currently have that title in their honor, so I'm sorry I'll disagree with you with that. Um, you know, when you did come in, you were crying because of Chris Stops. I know it's a big blow. Um, you know, he's in Dallas now. Maybe he can move to Dallas. You know, there's the Texas Rangers. Uh, you can definitely find a home in Dallas. Maybe the Houston Astros. Uh, but maybe leave the Yankees behind because, you know, they're spending a lot of money, but I don't know if it's in their best interest. Um you should be thankful they don't have Machado and Harper. I think that's just a headache waiting to happen because as soon as they don't perform, people are going to be asking for a trade and no one's going to want $304 million, $100 million, $400 million contracts yeah. on their payroll. For sure. I, I, I Just <laughs> as every week, Johnny B just leaves me dazed and confused just like this free agency situation. So overall... Great show, Nate. Good job finding all of these rosters and, you know, you know, finding all the players to get in. And next week, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about. If you have any suggestions on what you want um, us to talk about for next week, tweet at us at R-I-S-P-U-C-C-S, at R-I-S-P-U-C-C-S. If you have any burning questions, let's say you wake up at 3 a.m. and you can't fall asleep and you're thinking... Where's Manny Machado going to go? I need to find the most elite of the elite radio show hosts. Text 719-428-6191. That is our Google voice number, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or send us an email at RISP. Nope, that's not right. RISPUCCS at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Nate, anything else you want to add to this action-packed, interesting show? Yeah, uh, so those of you who don't know, uh, we are now on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us under UCCS Radio Sports. Just type it into Spotify or iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also find us on podbean.com as well if neither of those really fancy you. Uh, we have three different options for you now. Um, but if you do, follow us on Spotify. If you do listen to the iTunes podcast app, uh, make sure to rate us five stars. Leave us a review. 
Uh, even if it's critical, I think it's important that we continue to improve. Uh, that's one of the perks of iTunes and all that, because you can get ratings and people can leave back feedback. So if you guys would do that and also give us a follow, it helps us a lot um, and helps grow the podcast because the more listeners, the more people will be able to find us who are just scrolling through iTunes for new baseball podcasts. And so we want right. to be a part of that. So thank you guys so much for listening. All the support. Once again, just give us a follow on Twitter. R-I-S-P. UCCS, I believe. That's I, a, yeah, that's right. Yep, Correct. All right, sweet. Yep. <laughs> Keep forgetting that one. Um, give us a follow there. Uh, we're heading to New York in a month. Two or three. Yeah, a, a little month, under a month. a month from today. Yeah. Wow. Well, month from today. Yep. That is awesome. Uh, we'll be there for a couple days. We'll probably do some. Maybe we'll do a live stream or something out yeah. of New York. We'll oh, do yeah. a little interactive baseball because um, we'll have a lot of time out there and. You know, yeah. we'll answer some questions and we'll have time at the airport too. For so, sure, yeah. Uh, if you guys have any questions then, but you know, we have a lot of time until then, so we'll get there. But thank you guys for listening and we'll get this uh, podcast up as soon as possible. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week.